Everybody, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. I'm really leaning into the art bell when I say high strangeness now. It's getting more and more high (laughs) strangeness. It's getting, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I got to, you know, come on. I mean, we're following in the footsteps of art bell. Um, Hey, good to see you, boys. Likewise. We we have a great guest this week, a returning guest this week, who we're going to bring in in just a moment. I'm very excited because... It's the end of the month. That means we're dipping back into the L files this week. We haven't mm. done this in a minute. Who's got their microwave burrito ready to go? Beeping. Who's beeping in the background? Somebody get me? their burrito. I don't know, man. Riley, that might be you. Some sort of synthesizer alarm going off. Or who knows? Yes. <laughs> Riley just has random ambient noises happening yeah, around him at all possible. times. You cannot any fault anybody for yeah. a microwave burrito going off. That's just that's yeah, what happens. Get that, get that burrito out. Everyone at home, get your burritos out. We're uh, reading encounter stories sent in by you, the listeners. If you have a case of high strangeness that you cannot explain, please write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And our guest this week is going to bring in a an L file of their own that hits pretty close to home. So we'll bring them in momentarily. But before we do that, Riley, can we nominate a five-star Club Scout of the Week over from Amazon Podcasts? Well, sure. How about Lee Shannon? Uh, the title of this review is, Is This Love? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Who is beeping? It's not me. I don't think it's me. <laughs> no. Somebody's beeping. Is it our guest? <laughs> it's, probably, it's, pr- it's probably my, hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Old school good. Club Scout listeners may You better come back with voice. a burrito, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, read that review, Riley. All right, reviewed in the United States on December 15th, 2023. This podcast is a perfect mix of high strangeness, comedy, and entertainment. They give a light and airy take on the dark and spooky corners of our human existence that will leave you laughing, tingling, and wishing you could bear all of their children in your womb. (laughs) Whoa, wait a minute. I did not read this ahead of time. (laughs) Okay, I continue. Bryce brings his grandpa energy. Yeah, you heard me. Hot grandpa energy. Not because of his age, but because of his vibes. I can't explain it, it, but it's a good thing, and you'll just have to believe me. Michael is the mother and the father of the group, but he's the kind that's really hot and cool, so you always want to hang out at their house. Oh, no. Riley is the hot older musician brother that's mysterious and perhaps dangerous, but you're not so sure, so you're shy about it. This podcast has gotten me through some stressful times. Just listen. You won't regret it. Okay, bye. P.S. I hope this was unhinged enough. I am both married and too old to bear children, but I love you guys. Five stars. It was wow. indeed. Thank that you, Leah. That was a wild ride wow. of an Amazon wow. review. Right. You are taking so wait, the zaniest Amazon reviews I'm... ever, and I'm, fo- I'm here for it big time. So I'm Bryce's son slash daughter, and then Riley is my child. If, if I'm following the family tree construct. Yes, in the mythology of this review, yeah. Don't, th- that, don't think about it too hard. Okay, all right, review. fair enough. Okay, let's bring in this week's guest, Bryce. Will you please do the honors? Yes, absolutely. Our guest this week is returning to the show after his long absence. You might know him from his performances in Wind Walker, The First Mission, Hawaii Five O, or Bury the Bride, Club Scouts of all timelines. Please welcome back actor, writer, director, Adam Marcinowski. Yes! Woo! Adam! What's up, man? How are you, man? <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Adam. Man, good. Now Adam, Adam is in the is in the Riley size club of our guests. Yes. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we're blessed with guests that could maybe go t- t- top to top with Riley. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. That's right. And the thing is we both have deep voices too. We both have deep voices. So it's like, all right, now you get the you get the height and and then you get the deep voice as well too. So I remember you guys paired up 
together when we uh, were doing this back at the clubhouse, but before the pandemic. And oh, yes. Adam, Adam, you were back in one of the OG first twenty. If you old school oh, listeners remember, we did the Mayaka Skunk Ape with Adam, episode nineteen. That's where it all right. began. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness! That's right. Uh, did anybody lose an orangutan? That's, that's where right. it all started. <laughs> totally. I, that was one of the best experiences ever. You know, going into that little studio back there in the woods, you're just like, oh my god, where am I? Yes. I'm not in the hills anymore. Right, I'm, right. I'm through a portal. Over, over the know? river and through a portal. Heck yeah. That's right. Adam, how have you been? What's new? Uh, I know you have a story for us tonight, but before we get into it, uh, how have you been? I'm doing good, man. I'm just uh, I'm living life. Uh, living here in Southern California, a little north of you guys now in, in Ventura County. Oh, um, I love Ventura. Mm. Yeah, Ventura, it's great. Um the weather's been pretty crazy lately. Uh, a lot of the waves, big waves, big, you know, like 10 to 15 foot waves and basically like set all these waves onto the streets and everything like that. And people were paddleboarding and everything. <laughs> so it's been a pretty oh. crazy, pretty crazy, pretty crazy winter already now. But um, no, it's, it's great, man. It's, I, I, part of me. Oh yeah. You were in, you were up where those, why I saw this on, on Instagram where those, why uh, he's not shitting us. Like there were storm huge surge, waves yeah. coming What's interesting through. about the storm surge is, is, is why those people didn't realize it was happening is because it's got all that momentum behind it. Right. It's like a tsunami. It starts out small and all of a sudden you're like, wait, this thing ain't stopping. You know, it just, it just keeps coming and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. So Man. what they built is they built huge sand burns out there uh, on the beach. I live about probably like 300 yards from the beach now. So they build up these huge sand, uh, they call them burns or burns or whatever they're called. So when the waves hit them, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll prevent, uh, any more damage. You know, Adam, that's how the old sailors used to catch their wives. The mer, the merfolk, yeah. they would just stand out when the surge came in, open up their arms and they catch a mermaid. You know, so, I always you wonder, know. do you think they were as attractive as sailors said they were? Might be, you yeah. know. That's probably you, just you, the scurvy you'd pretty talking, much hook up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've been away. You've been locked up with a bunch of other dudes at sea for a long time. Probably. You, you, you'll kiss it. You'll kiss anything. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You know, mermaids may exist. But, but what, yes, was it 3% of the ocean is getting explored? And else. Yeah, that's right. Less than the moon. Yes. Less, more surface area of the moon has been explored than our ocean floors, which is yeah. crazy to think you about. You know, I think... I, the crazy part about, I was thinking about this for tonight, you know, there's so many topics that, that can like come together and all this, that you could talk about this stuff for like days and yeah. <laughs> or years or, year, or, or six years. Like you're so funny or years or <laughs> you guys have been doing this for years. But I think, you know, what's always interesting is like, we all want to, I, I wish I was an expert at this stuff. Like I was watching um, Jeremy Corbell's special. Have you seen that yet? On um, sure, uh, Tubi. It's mm-hmm. it's fantastic. You know, I, it it definitely showcases that there um, is something unique happening in space and time, or whatever you want to call it. Whether they're extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings, or I don't know, you know, or some yeah. sort of like manipulated scam, but I, I, I don't think it's the latter. Well, you we're know, we're, we're in we're in interesting times, and yeah, former guest and friend of the show, uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, he's really spearheading uh, this movement to to really help coalesce these military witnesses uh, to reveal their their UFO UAP encounters, and it's sort of a, <clears throat> what I love about this is, you know. First of all, UFO encounters happen all across the board, but but when you get them uh, in military bases and with people in groups like that, especially around uh, military who are trained observers, and when they get this on camera and on their high tech equipment, then then it's really you know grade A evidence. So I, I love what he's doing for this, and he's also you know amongst other things too, he's really helping take this sort of subject to the to the mainstream. And and if you notice, you know people don't so much play that x-files music when they're talking about ufo uaps anymore it's you know the taboo nature of it has been sort of shaved off and that's a good thing so yeah uh lots come from from this well these encounters change people's lives you know yeah whether it was a disc whether it was you know the the diamond shape in the sky whether it was that um you know the event over michigan that happened you know 20 years ago where all these you know ufos were spotted and and they were like, "Well, oh my God, this changed my life." You know. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's 
It sounds like you have a story of someone close to you who had an encounter that might have changed their life. Is it time, Bryce? Do you want to cue this up? Set, set Adam up, or should we just yeah. jump well, into I, it? I, I sent jump Bryce. In. <laughs> yeah. Um, earlier to, earlier the other day, I sent Bryce some pictures that my father um, had emailed to me. So Bryce kind of has an idea of um, of what he saw. So what I'm going to do is I printed out some stuff that my dad wrote down that he emailed somebody. Um, I'm not going to mention any names in terms of what's in the email, so I'll redact that as I go along. So I'm going to go read this. I like this. Redact. We're getting Redact. a little. Yeah. Already, I'm getting already we're, yeah. we're obscuring is, yeah. what's happening here. We're, we're garnish right now. <laughs> this is yeah. a podcast yeah, yeah. skiff right now. We're secure. But, but, but Adam, <laughs> this is a story we can safely say is some, an encounter that happened to your own father. Yeah, you can absolutely say okay. that. Okay. So a little background. Uh, my dad moved to Hawaii uh, in 2000, I think 1999 or 2000, um, and I was still living on the mainland. And, um, so my dad fell in love with Hawaii when, when he, when we went to go visit, um, when we play, when I play football there, he went to visit there and he's like, I want to move here and be there. So this is the, this is like one of the first times, um, within the first year, I believe that this happened. Okay. Um, so on June 3rd, 2000, um, it was a level of reality beyond my comprehension. I'm sure you will appreciate the skepticism as it can compare only to something you would see in a science fiction movie. I do hope you will be able to show your friend as she will recognize the possibility it was either of angelic or extraterrestrial origin. Mm. If it wasn't, it was certainly someone or some being with incredible scientific knowledge or ancient. Uh, if anyone is skeptical of what I saw, I'm willing to take a lie detector test at their convenience. I also wanted to mention I documented this event with the National UFO Reporting Center on June 4th, 2000. That's MUFON. Great. I can't remember. I can't remember now, but it was close to that day. It's on the internet at National UFO Reporting Center, uh, the nufoRC.org. Wish I had that thing okay. underneath the screen. New for it. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna move around here. Okay. Might be different than MUFON, or maybe they changed their name. Something because there was Nightcap for a while too. So we'll look that up. On the night of June 3rd, 2000, I I've never said anything about this the way I'm writing it now. So, you know, it really took a time for my dad to really get this down on a piece of paper and talk about it. Mm -hmm. I briefly wow. told my son and wife, but they shrugged it off and, and let them, and I convinced myself that it was just something my mind made up. As I said on that night, June 3rd, 2000, I was looking up at all those strange rectangles vibrating. There was all kinds of things going on trying to distract me at the time. First of all, as the rectangles moved in view from the clouds, a flock of birds flew underneath them. I've never seen a flock of birds in Hawaii flying at night. Since, since that day. Not only were there birds, but between the birds and the rectangles was something very dark flying, which I could barely make out. Then I saw in the dim light dark silhouettes up in the sky. They looked like the messenger Mercury with a strange hat, but they looked strangely odd like the gargoyles you see on a medieval church. They seemed to have gangly legs and arms. And then it happened. It was fast, and I threw it quickly out of my mind because I knew it would overwhelm me. It's strange how quickly the mind can deal with detail when other things are going on. Anyway, the feeling was the same one. Um, he had a dream, uh, a dream that he had of, a, of evil at the mission in California a while back that we went to. So he had the same feelings while this was happening. Same type of emotions came up. Um, he believes it was an angelic event or some sort of extraterrestrial event that had a counterpart to it. And I thought this part was interesting. The mm. counterpart is that evil was present. Mm. So it was now, almost as if there was good to it and there was evil to it as well. Adam, before before we go any further, can we set up some sort of context for our listeners as to as to how this event unfolded? It and, and you know, I, I I I've sort of gone over these incredible slides that your that your father has provided, but just to give our, our listeners some context, um, let's set up like the the time and the place. So we know he was in Hawaii, and this was uh, according to a slide. This was June third, which and this isn't of interesting note. It was right around the same time as the re-entry of the Compton Solar observatory uh which was a, so a satellite in the south pacific near the marshall islands of west of hawaii mm -hmm. so this now bryce did you just know that or did you just <laughs> no, pull that well, out of your no, this as i said this is <laughs> oh, in the gotcha. slides that a adam provided <laughs> but so so this is an interesting note but i i wanted to sort of give some context as to how this event sort of took place and i'll just i'll just read his the the number one thing he wrote or if adam you want to too it says 
the comic like uh, so he's standing there and on this first sort of visual image you could see he's outside on this you know uh beautiful landscape and it says that these comet like objects started coming from the northeast in the direction of the southeast uh at about 30 to 40 degrees above the horizon now i want you listeners to imagine sort of these like little plasma almost like spermazoa right like in a strange way all objects appear to be rotating counterclockwise on a double helix corkscrew path which immediately sends sends off signals to me of oh my god helix dna here we go again i mean that's a common theme right and then it does this double helix corkscrew in a path in a in a giant low arc over the north pacific now within the comets were these human-like structures that moved independent of each other creating a hanging on for dear life observation and you know he goes on to describe these as almost like anthropomorphic and and pendulant in other words it's almost like these angelic sort of images like of like struggling and coalescing and intertwining angelic beings like in a strange way is is that right adam or bryce i couldn't i couldn't have said it any better than that hmm. um i honestly i think when when i think of what he saw and I really wish I really wish my dad would join the show, but unfortunately, you know that that wasn't going to happen, and that's fine. Um, but it, it reminds me of what if if you look at biblical stuff and you think about Ezekiel and what Ezekiel saw. You know, Ezekiel apparently, you know, sitting there and he sees this this all this crazy stuff happening. Yeah, you could say that the event my father saw was very similar to that. Well, and, the Ezekiel's wheel you're yeah, talking Ezekiel's about, which wheel. a lot so, of you know, he's down there by the river and people point to as a possible UFO encounter. Yeah, and if you look, and here's what's times. you look on Instagram. I think I might have sent it to. I don't know. I don't think I sent it to Bryce, but they had artificial intelligence go through what Ezekiel says uh, in the Bible, and they came up with exactly what they think he saw, which was like this massive eye UFO shaped thing with flares and, and everything mm. popping out of it. And it was mm. actually when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my God, that's that's unreal!" Like if you saw that, you, you you'd be like, "What in God's name is that?" Well, Bryce, why don't you continue yeah. to read the description of the event Great. that in this? Uh, now we'll put we'll put up what pictures uh, Adam's comfortable with up on our Instagram, yeah. so people can no, you can put them all look up. at this stuff. And then Adam, after Bryce, you read through these next couple. Uh, descriptions of yep. the encounter then adam let's hop back to the letter and hear more about your father's interpretation of what he saw great great let's do that so these so these lifelike almost biological spermazoa like plasmic things are coming out of this sky and they're swooping down in this arc before they head up into a cloud <clears throat> now adam's father's witnessing all this go up into cloud they're like Bryce, 30 it's, or all, it's also from it's also from Kaneohe, Hawaii. So it's the mm, it's the great. it's the windward side of the island. It's it's facing north. Great, I think I'm right. The great. windward side of the island facing north. So there's like 30 or 50 of these things. Now they just go up into this cloud, right? This this cloud. Now he says that he doesn't see them once they're in the cloud, but what happens next sort of blows his mind. What comes out of this cloud? are like these rectangular mirror-like devices. I'm gonna go ahead and read from his slide. Now, I witnessed a large group of rectangles, 50 to 100, I couldn't count them all, emerge from the clouds high over my head at a small angle in front of me. They were all rising into the sky and vibrating violently, giving them the appearance of having wings like giant snow angels. They rose higher and became brighter and coalesced into a giant donut-like disc, which instantly formed a small black hole or orifice in the center. Now that orifice suddenly became larger with two more organs, uh, organic-like movements creating the fourth disc as illustrated above. So now there's, you've got this like, these spermazoa go into this cloud, they come out of these mirrored rectangles that start to morph into these like giant orbs, spherical orbs, and then there's they multiply with little these black black holes in the middle and they seem to get bigger right it's crazy and then the disc or torus containing these numerous macaroni like entities i can only imagine like squirming worming caterpillaring uh entities 
uh, bumping and braiding their way around the torus, instantly separating uh, mitoritically into six plasma orbs, which gets this, guys, exploded into a giant V formation, which retained its shape and then faded away off into the distance. How many times do we hear about these lights attached on these Delta craft that seem to sort of meander off on their own and then reformulate the craft? This is the first time I've heard of a story where something is coming off, going scooped up into a cloud, spit out a mirror, forming these objects, creating these Delta triangles. Now, I, I think this is incredible uh, because Adam's father sort of described these as spherical comets, right? 30 or 40 degrees coming in the horizon. They sweep downward. And I, what I'm sort of fascinated with is that these tails moved in tandem and they appeared to rotate counterclockwise. It said, he said their plasma, it seemed to have, they have plasma flames holding their shape without dispersing or evaporating. And I love this part. They also had anthropomorphic appendages that moved like pennant flags or undulating independently of each other, uh, which is just wild. So what do you guys make of this incredible experience? And then Adam, let's hear more from your father. I'm captivated. I kind of just want to jump to hear uh, his dad's reaction. I have thoughts, but I want to save him. Yeah. Till, well, I will. I will, I will say this much. Um, I I think that it needs to be said that my my father's life changed after this. He was never the same after mm. that. Even talking to him, I mean, he's been talking about this event for the past twenty four years religiously. Yeah. So it impacted him. It impacted his health. I know that he had heart issues that were that were um, that happened right after it. Um, and a lot of things happened right after that event as well, too. You had September 11th, you had, you know, flooding and all sorts of stuff. So he kind of goes into that as well, too. Um, he describes the donut shape as complete chaos everywhere with objects bumping and banging into each other. Like Bryce had described like bumper cars as they position themselves to divide into six large orbs writhing with plasma shapes within each orb Weird. as they morphed into plasmic like comets. When they came to a stop, their tails slammed to the giant orbs, causing them to shudder, and they simply faded away uh, in seconds. And then mm. my dad also, this as well too, he, he kind of just brought all this information together, you know, just remembering it all and kind of like boxing it in there. Um, they weren't exactly rectangles, all the sides curved. They were convex and vibrating from side to side extremely fast. So if you can imagine like maybe like a machine or something like that, that's vibrating really, really, really fast. <sighs> Right, but maintaining yeah. its integrity. Um, mm -hmm. Just it building almost looked like snow probably. angels. Yeah. Like a kid's uh, like a kid, mm. snow angels. And you're seeing these coming down like like hundreds of them. Yeah. Uh, the, he gives the example of like punching a piece of rectangular cardboard with a pencil and quickly twirling back and forth, rotating it a half circle. So imagine uh, taking a pencil God. into a cardboard and just going back and forth with that. His ability to capture so much detail in this is pr pretty great, you know, because yeah. we have all these different phases. We have these sort of spermazoa-shaped things shooting into a cloud, coming out as these vibrating mirror things, morphing into uh, a donut-shaped UFO, and then transferring into these, you know, orb-like, this orb-like V, you know, orbs lined up in a V structure. It's pretty, pretty cool right. that he was able to clock all of these steps in whatever sort of assembly... <laughs> that was taking place. And so lastly, Adam, he says uh, these illustra... Yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say, uh, can you give us some context as to your, uh, maybe your dad's personality? Is he a pretty pragmatic guy? Is he open to like, uh, you know, encounters like this? Uh, was he alone during the encounter? Dad, he was alone during the encounter. Mm. He is completely open to things like this. He's always been into um, science fiction, uh, UFOs. Mm. I remember when we were young, he used to take us to telescope parties. We used to go to telescope parties up in Washington and we used to look at the sky awesome. you know, up there, you know, when there's all those trees and there's not a lot of light pollution, you could see a lot of stars up there. Um, you know, my father's always been connected to um, that, you know, mm -hmm. to the universe, to, to the, you know, just to anything involving space and time. And yeah, I could just talk about it for hours. And I That's almost wild. feel like this event in a way was, was meant for him. Like, okay, mm. you know what, let, 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 mm. let's just give you a little, you know, like, okay, maybe it just said, hey, I want you to see this and let you know what's possible and what's out there. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, 
So the last part my dad wrote down is these illustrations depict the entirety of the events so far. Um, I still have to create several more, including the mitotic, mycotic event illustration in the final V formation, but it'll take me some time. While the spheres were dividing, there was so much going on that I could only focus on one aspect of the event. I can only assume that each sphere looked the same as the other. One of the most interesting parts was at the end, when all the spheres reached their final destination, it was truly a sight to behold watching the tail of the comet slap into the apex of the sphere of the V formation, and the whole entire thing started to evaporate. Dang. Wild. So trippy, man. That's well, wild. let's do this. Let's pause here. Go. And then let's come back and let's let's unpack more of this sure. uh, this event that Great. that happened to Adam's dad. Alrighty. Now, as our listeners know, I'm a very uh, sensitive soul when it comes to THC. I I like THC. It helps me feel creative. It helps me feel calm. It can help me sleep at night. But I need just a little bit at a time. So. Microdoses uh, gummies are great for me. Riley, how about you? For me, so much of my work is this prolonged, focused, creative work. And especially, like, let's say, knocking out this podcast every week. Sometimes it's so daunting to sit down and be like, all right, I got to do the edit, and I have to come up with a unique score that's unlike any of the other hundreds of scores I've done for this, and it all has to be done in the next four hours. And sometimes just a little microdose gummy just quiets down all those sort of anxiety voices and and it just kind of keys me into the edit and it gets me laughing along with you guys again and i'm and i'm right back in it and then all of a sudden i finished it it's uploading to the dropbox it's going out to your ears and i've just realized like oh yeah i was just cruising on that little microdose the whole time and i just find that incredibly helpful there you go oh i love it bryce what should our club scouts do get 30 percent off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code bcc it's available nationwide that's microdose.com promo code bcc for 30 percent off and free shipping microdose.com promo code bcc okay adam yeah before the break and before we hit the end of that story so your dad's standing on the beach he's looking up he sees this wild I want to say celestial event, uh, UFO occurrence. And you said earlier, or he said earlier in his letter, that he had a sense that there was both good and evil Evil. Mm. present. What did he mean by that? He felt that there was darkness, uh, the birds, there was something going on underneath that was dark. Like he felt the presence of both evil and good. I, I, I wish he would clarify that himself, but he... He goes in thinking that it's, you know, the like the yin and the yang of things. Like, of course, possibly, yeah. possibly that if we go if we go in terms of like biblical here, that Satan. You know, you have Satan, you have good, you have evil, you have angels, and you have demons. Mm-hmm. Looking at the pictures that my father sent me and that I sent to Bryce, that is the feeling he has. I would have to so he's got a real biblical vibe here watching this event. My take dad place, is not my dad's not very biblical. That's the thing though. Right? Yeah. Like, okay. So you know, Is he a religious uh, man? Was he brought up in a, in a religious big. environment? No, he was, but he's not like he's mm. not like he's big time religious person. Sure, if anything, sure. my dad is more scientific, realist, things like that. Um but yeah, like he said that he felt like he was watching good and evil at the same time. Wow. Well, I, I love. I mean, this I, is clearly. Yeah. A, Go ahead, Mike. A big event. I yeah. Think the, I think the issue with it is, is that to to clarify things, I think it's hard to clarify events like this because you have so much stuff going on at one time. You Notice know, so he has to focus on one thing because this this event would put you at awe. You'd be like, "What the heck is going on?" Right. Yeah. Truly. So I think with anybody who's involved in this, they. To be frankly honest, are trying to narrow down the main points. Well, this is not uncommon in people who eyewitness UFOs that there is also a subliminal message that's happening during the event. A lot of times we hear about people who are getting the apocalyptic visions when they're seeing UFOs no. or during alien encounters. You know, that there does seem to, whatever this phenomenon is, seems to have some sort of psychic impact that, that makes us think very much on a, a macrocosmic yeah. level about these big big ideas yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 
It seems like he got a sense of like the 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 unending sort of yeah. dance between good and evil. Like they're forever locked in. And, right, and battling he said, each other. Whatever, whatever it was, he said it is absolutely ancient. It mm, is. It is cool. not of this. It is not of this realm. It is not of this world. It is absolutely ancient. Yeah, I love that something so awesome. ancient can also look so futuristic at the same time, right? which is really, really rad. Right? You yeah. know, which does make it make you feel like maybe this is other dimensional you know at the same same time what what was the impact you said it changed his life like how did this impact your this event impact your dad's life it changed it changed his life physically you know he had heart issues um you know he had to keep it undercover for many years because he has a he has a high profile job at healthcare. Mm -hmm. so you know when you're dealing with that kind of stuff you gotta you're gonna kind of kind of keep things close to the close to the vest in terms of how you're doing things um, mm -hmm. I think anybody in any sort of like professional position still has to be pretty careful um, telling yeah. these stories. Yeah, you know, even for pilots sure. nowadays. You know, my friend's a Navy pilot. Okay, my next door neighbor's a Navy pilot, and they see stuff all the time. Okay, they there's so much stuff that goes unrecorded. He tells me, dude, we we see stuff over Malibu, out of Malibu, all the time. Oh hell yeah! He goes, well, and he goes, guys don't really talk about it. It just goes to show, I mean, like what we're finding it. out now is a lot of these like really incredible data rich cases are just stuffed away in the attic somewhere because people are, you know, unwilling to talk about this because, you know, well, they don't want to be, you know, made fun of in their peer group, which is, which I'm glad all this is sort of like going away, but it just reminds me of probably how many incredible encounters are out there that that often go so un, untold or unreported, you know. Um, I love this idea, this, uh, you know, this this evil and good is it, it's very, you know, as Alan Watts would say, you know, one implies the other. You can't have one without the other. And so, the, to me, this story represents, you know, you so often hear that these Delta wings, these these things that fly over like in the Phoenix Lights incidents, have sort of this sentient consciousness. And I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around that. But what I got out of this UFO encounter for the first time was you sort of see this miasma of biological spiritual energy coalesce, sort of morph into a spherical or a UAP type objects, which then morphs into uh, something more military looking or a standard, the, the Delta shaped uh, thing with those plasma balls. So, so for me, this is like, oh, this is how these things could possibly be created. You know, maybe they're, you know, cause I, I just mm. love this idea for, for me, this is some really rich information as to how these Delta craft possibly could come into formation and then, and then are able to break apart. Like we see them do uh, into those plasma balls and come back together. Yeah. So there's some great clues in this encounter. Uh, you know, I always wonder about the possibility of, if, if these objects even are controlled by their minds, like it's a, it's a mind type thing where they just literally put a thought out there and this object appears. I mean, they're that, they're that advanced. That mm. these these systems are that far advanced. Did your dad have any sense of uh, contact with a higher intelligence yes. or with with physical beings themselves in this? He had event? contact with the higher intelligence. There were no physical beings that he that he had contact with. I just know that whatever he encountered was speaking to him. Mm -hmm. Right. It was, okay. It, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was speaking to him, obviously, within his heart and soul. So when he was experiencing all that stuff, you know, it impacted him for his entire life. Incredible. I've got a, I've got an anecdote that might, might blow your mind a little bit, Adam. It's nowhere near as cool as your dad's, but I, I, this is the first time I've ever heard a story, an encounter story that was similar to something that I actually saw years ago, years and years ago in Los Angeles. I've mentioned this on the show before, but we haven't really stopped to talk about it that much. Um, Bryce Riley, I don't know if this will ring a bell because we haven't talked about it recently. Mm, okay. But years ago, I was uh, living in the Fairfax, Fairfax district of Hollywood, which is like pretty centralized location. And this was back in my bad boy days. I was up on my roof smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and... I was up there by myself, and I caught a glimpse of what I thought were 
Roman candles being shot off a nearby roof. And I looked out to the west, so out towards where the ocean was. And, you know, I'm not that close to the ocean, but it was obviously, but it was a it was a clear night and you could see pretty far. And I don't know how far out towards the water these things were, but I saw spiraling like lights shooting up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And I thought I stared at them long enough to go, these are fireworks, except they kept going up. Yep. They never exploded or dissipated. <laughs> and I saw them shoot up into the cloud cover and disappear. And I always have wondered what the hell that was that I saw. And there was nobody else around. But the, the, these comet-like plasma balls that your dad is describing coming down in an arc and then shooting back up into a cloud. Yeah. I have seen something that was similar to that, not with the rest of the production. But that's the first time I've ever heard anything like that. And they were they were spinning in a spiral in that same type of formation. So let me ask you guys a question. You guys have been doing this long enough and you guys have heard all the stories. What, and you've developed some sort of intelligence about in terms of what's going on and you've talked to a lot of people. What do you think is happening with all this? Do you think- No fucking clue. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. you think, cause I'm, I'm starting to lean idea. towards, I think, <laughs> Nice. here's my theory. Yeah, let's hear and it. And I might be wrong. I think we're dealing with interdimensional beings. I, I, I think that it's space. We, we're still trying to figure out space. I think space is, is stacked. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that these dimensions, mm. and I think that maybe at moments in time, maybe they come into our dimension. You know, they're able to do that and they come out of our dimension. Or maybe even we are now capable of doing that. And I sometimes think after the first atomic bomb test in 1944, three mm. okay we mm-hmm. screwed something up something you, you rippled space and time something happened something came flying in i might hey not, man you're not, getting into twin peaks the return territory well, and i'm in i'm in i'm not an I'm expert into this. i'm not an expert but i think that these people are like okay they have the power of the atom now that's an issue <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. that's what we don't want them to know how to do and uh let's try to figure this <laughs> or it literally ripped some type of whole into in the fabric yeah. of space time so i ask you guys right. because i ask you guys because you know it's great being on the show and for listeners you guys take this stuff very seriously you take your guests very seriously um my dad was so concerned about that he's like okay make sure they're not joking about it. i'm like no 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 it's this is not that kind of show or that you know so you know that's why i asked like bryce like bryce what do you think it is from like an from an educated standpoint mm. dealing with people talking to people what is all this what do you think it is Every, well, any, any I, one of you guys. I, I think this is all about personal transformation. And and I really do. And I don't mean to be coy with my answer uh, in that respect. Yeah. But but I, I feel like when people observe this type of incredible phenomena, whether it be a Bigfoot on the ground, <clears throat> a UFO, UAP in the sky, or uh, 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 somebody who's coming through your bedroom window uh, to take you up into their ship, it, it, ship, it ultimately ends in the in in the same thing which is that person's life has ultimately been uh transformed and it's usually uh and it's usually through some type of trauma which the experience can certainly indict but but after that you know it it a phoenix is is really reborn and so a lot of this stuff and and, and especially in this story it seemed so personal to him almost as if you know and that's why I sort of asked about what his background was because my belief is that what Whatever filter we come up with. So in other words, if this yeah. event was seen in India, it would have been perceived uh, through the sort of religious dogma that has uh, pertained to somebody growing up in that sort of Hindu philosophy. So it might have been observed differently. In other words, I think the observer and and their perception module plays an integral part to how this phenomenon is observed. So your dad seeing sort of these biblical angelic uh, demons and angels, that's a motif I know, and that's one I'm comfortable with, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's how I sort of uh, contact my phenomena as well. But in, in the end, I, I think you're onto something. 
Oh, uh, I'll just sort of wrap up real quick. I, that's just uh, now that doesn't mean that they're not coming from somewhere or that it isn't an ancient sentience. I, I, I like that he sort of posited that because to me that rings off ultra terrestrial, something that's been here way before we were here, something that uh, inhabits this planet along with mm-hmm. us. Uh, we're not sure what it is, but boy, can it toy with us, manipulate with us, uh, pre- you know, uh, present itself however it so pleases yeah. uh, and it can also uh, encapsulate and use energy uh, from the observer or the interface that it's taking it from so um those yeah. are just some thoughts I've been messing with but but to be honest I, all this stuff comes back to us Adam it, this is this is our problem that we're dealing with. In other words, I don't think this stuff comes from out there. Uh, I, I think this is about us. It's for us. And and it could be even coming from us. Now, what the purpose of it is, not quite sure. I think it's to help us uh, transgress uh, more efficiently and quickly through our evolutionary process so that we can get off planet. Interesting. Very nice. My dad says, he goes, some days I wish I'd never seen any of this. I think in many ways, sure. I, I think in many ways I would rather go through life without this other reality. Mm. Uh, I would, I think, yeah, I would be better off just going about my job, getting old and looking forward to getting off the planet. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's very, also very common with experiencers. A lot of people go, God, I kind of wish this didn't happen because it's a lot easier to go about your day when yeah. you're not thinking about what the fuck else is going on yeah. in this well, reality. Well, Mike, think about this though. You know, most people just live out their lives, right? They live out their lives, they wake up, they go to work, they take care of their families. And like Bryce was saying, imagine if you got to look at what's really happening. True. It's, Riley, it, do you... It would be very sorry. Yeah, no, it'd be very hard for you to go back to normal. Mm. I completely agree. Speaking as someone who's experienced yeah. weird shit, yeah. <laughs> Riley. Before we move on to a couple L files, you we haven't heard much from you on this. What's your take on this story? I mean, it sounds like the a, a religious, psychedelic, paranormal experience where it's like it. it, it each person sort of tra- translates it through the lens that works for them. In this, in your father's case, it sounds like it was viewed through a religious lens. But you know, there's also I know this feeling of like this ancient sort of being or like presence that he's talking about, and um, so you know, I, I, I can I can relate to a lot of the ideas in this, and I do just like as a visual thinker, love this story visually. Just this. Uh, you know the, the the spiraling comets into the cloud, and then the the vibrating uh, two dimensional planes that become the Taurus, that becomes mm. these light orbs. Like it's all, it's just uh, it's fascinating. It's like almost feels sort of mythological or something. Yeah. It's, um, and Bryce, you know, uh, it would really. I'll cool. tell you guys, it it's uh, it's awesome that my dad gets to to see this. To you know, he's going to be he, he's all about the lake. He's like, you got to send me a link to show. You got to do this. <laughs> and, oh, you are more than welcome, and I hope. And I hope you do put the pictures I sent to you up on the uh, on the Instagram because it'll give the the readers context about what exactly. Absolutely, oh, we sure yeah, will. He spent they'll, a long time doing it. it. I mean, it was such yeah. a theatrical presentation too. I, I mean, that's why I really loved the the encounter because it, I, you know. God, it, that's what I love about this is sometimes it puts on such a show, you know, and it's like, uh, it's just so wild. Well, and it also, too, just feels like the whole thing is also, I think we have, you know, we sort of danced around it with the with the, the sperm-shaped comets, but mm. like going into a circle and then multiplying, like this is also a display of procreation uh, oh in a God. lot of ways yeah, on a very basic level. Oh my God, you know I didn't I mean? even see that. You're yeah. right, so right. It's right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Well, th- thank you, Adam, so much for sharing that story. Please thank your father Absolutely. for letting us discuss yeah, it. Incredible. I'm sure, you know, we, we've only scratched the surface of the impact that it must have left on him. But this is the type of story that, boy, boy, oh boy, we, we, this is why we do the show. I love this stuff. And I think, as Bryce said, it's just another little clue as to the bigger picture of what's going on and here. And Mike, I know? think also, too, you know, my dad is 70, he's 76 years old now. And I think that, you know, it's his life, it's his life goal to, he doesn't want anything for this. He just wants people to know about it. 
Yeah, great. I think that's cool. It's a great, so. Well, it's a great snapshot. Thank you, it's dad. a great snapshot of the witness too, isn't it? So often we think of the witness as as some like a fame mongerer, money grabbing, like uh, let's get on the local news. Not the case, right? More so than any, the witnesses yeah, that I've spoke to have always been like, "Hey, man, I'm a little reluctant about coming forward. This might sound a little crazy. I'm I'm a little nervous as to what my family is going to think." And uh, you know. Uh, how much are you paying me again? Oh, I'm not, uh, but I really appreciate you talking with me. Oh, yeah, right. So this is this is sort of the norm, the normal motif as 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 the witness to incredible phenomena is like, look, um, incredible things happen to everyday people all the time, and and that's it, you know. And uh, wow. Couple quick notes. I want to just footnotes on this story. I want to mention for our listeners, uh, the National UFO Reporting Center. That's the website where we've uh, we've pulled from to do UFO roundup. Yes, uh, yes. In the past, mm-hmm. uh, and their map. So we use that as a tool. And then also the donut shaped UFO. If that rings a bell, you might be thinking about the Maury Island UFO encounter that happened back in the 1940s, allegedly. It was one of the first big UFO well, stories. It, it brought the men in black into the lexicon. So uh, I was you also, might want to brush up on that again. I was also thinking of the again. Chicago O'Hare one, too, that over the gate C-13 totally. left that fucking donut in the clouds right above, which was weird. Love uh, it. Yeah, strange. Love it. All right. Well, speaking of witnesses, let's dip into a couple L files here, Adam. We want your opinions on some of the stuff that our listeners have uh, have encountered. Bryce, why don't you read the first file out of the box? Great. Let's do it. Black-eyed children. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. My name's Tom, and I live in a town in the UK called Stafford, not too far from a forest called Canuck Chase, which is roughly 15 to 20 minutes. Canuck Chase. Canuck Chase. Thank Canuck you, Chase. Michael. I gave it a try. Uh, from about 15 to 20 minutes from <laughs> my Grant. home. Uh, for many years, there has been a sightings of black-eyed children in the Canuck Woodland. There have also been books written about this, and it's also been covered by several other podcasts. I just thought if you haven't already heard about this phenomenon, you'd like to do some digging into the history of the woodland. Canuck Chase stretches over 20-odd miles of woodland and is a natural place of beauty where many people come to visit all around the UK. Uh, I've never witnessed a black-eyed child myself and have camped many times in the Canuck Woods, but I do have a friend who believes they witnessed one. They tend to be young children, in a lot of cases hooded, and have complete black eyes. When I was 14, me and a few of my friends decided to walk deep into the woods and camp for a night. We stayed up quite late around a small fire, and as the morning drew near, my friend Michael decided to go and get some more firewood. Well, we sat awaiting his return, and after about 15 minutes, we began to get worried about him and decided to look around the area for him. Around us were these thick fern trees, completely pitch black, and it was nearly impossible to see through. We didn't have torches because we didn't think we'd need them if we weren't moving far from camp. After shouting for what seemed now, like UK, hours... Now, oh, UK... Sorry, Anglophile yeah. note. Anglophile note, I just want to say for our listeners, torches are flashlights. They're not actual lit torches. <laughs> oh, there you okay, go. Okay, go I didn't know. Okay, great. Good After note, shouting good for what seemed like hours, we sat back down and waited for Michael. It must have been getting on 45 minutes now, and I was panicking at the thought of what his parents would say if we came back home without him. Our parents weren't always up there when we were. Now, then slowly, out of the darkness, Mike just casually strolled out. We were all spooked and asked him where he'd been. He didn't have any wood. He looked pretty pale, like he'd seen a ghost. And that's when he said, I couldn't find my way back to the campfire. It was as if the trees blocked out all forms of light. Not even the moon could be seen, he said. He then went on to say he followed someone out. And when he asked, who was it? He said, it looked like a young girl. He couldn't see her face. She was wearing a long white dress. And as he stepped closer to where she disappeared into thin air, uh, I'm not sure if it was a black-eyed kid or just a ghost, but the whole thing absolutely terrified us. And none of us ended up getting any sleep that night. Years later, we speak about that night and it gives us the chills every time. We were so oblivious to all the stories we hear nowadays about all the strange goings on. Tom, 
Uh, P.S. Google Raymond Leslie Morris, responsible for murdering many young girls in the 60s and disposing of their bodies in Canic Chase. Okay. That, thank you, oh, Todd. Boy. Wow. Uh, excellent, excellent. Postscript. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Qu- well, it all co- it all links together, doesn't it? And just one, I just wanted to say one little clarification. Uh, it, he said that um, as he stepped closer to where the group was she mm. disappeared so oh, as soon as she got oh, him it. back to the group got it she and got him out of the woods she vanished mm, what weird. do you think about this adam i don't know if you're familiar with the black eyed kids story uh at all this phenomenon that's well, taking place I'll tell you to right me, now. i'll tell you right now yeah. i had i mean i was just i had chills i, I had chills because uh, you, can, you can imagine a dark yeah. forest and you're trying to get back to a campsite and you see the silhouette of a white dressed girl that you're following back to camp and you're like, hey, no thing. Hey, yeah. no. You know he's trying to say, hey, what's up? And then she disappears. I would probably come back to camp white as heck too. Oh my yeah, God. Except I'd have a stain running down my pants because I would have shit myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what struck me the most is I think of the UK and I think about the the long history there and all the stuff that's happened there and, you know, the dark forests and, and I, you know, for a fact that the energy in some of those places is, is probably a little off. Just, just saying, you know, a lot of things have happened Haunted. there for, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. So mm. I believe it. I think he had an experience for sure. Yeah. I, th- to me, this feels like classic ghost to me. I don't know if this mm-hmm. rings black eyed kid bells, not saying the black eyed kids aren't also part of the this only thing I, the only thing that i know about black eyed kids is i remember watching this show one time or it might have been even a book where this lady was just like she somebody knocked on the door like at 11, 11 yeah. o'clock at night and she looked she she pulled open the thing to look outside she didn't have a um, a peephole so she pulls the curtain and looks and the, and, the, and this girl's looking at her right in the, just right in the face like she knows the girl knows she's like gonna be looking at her and she saw nothing in her eyes and she and uh. and I guess her daughter said, "Why aren't you opening the door?" And she turned to her daughter and said, "Do not open the door." <laughs> yeah, they always want in. They want in your car. They want yeah. in your house. We did do an episode on the Black Eyed Kids. Yeah, Here's what I think. Oh gosh, long time ago. I think um, they're demonic spirits. I love it. Wow. This is great. Yeah, haunted, yeah, I get a real sense spooky of, England of the Fae. You know, but, like a forest ghost, forest fairy sort of spirit. Yeah, mm, For somewhat sure. foreboding. Anything that lures you, um, maybe the ghost of a victim yeah. of of, of yeah, Raymond exactly. Leslie Morris. Come this way with me. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, never go that way. <laughs> hey, Ryan, no. can you... Well, she helped. She helped out. She got him out of the woods. <laughs> oh, but right. she can't that's get true. out of the woods. Yeah. But Riley, can, oh, you wow. can you imagine your your someone knocks on your door like at eleven thirty or twelve o'clock at night, and there's some kid there and freaking wearing a hood with black eyes? You're like, I ain't letting that kid in. <laughs> No, no. Yeah. Sorry, kid. Go find your Sorry, parents. Sorry, kid. Go find someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Riley, I think we have time for one more. Why don't you do the honors? All right, let's jump into it. Hello, Bigfoot Collectors Club. My name is Antonio, and normally I'm a big skeptic, but after listening to your podcast, it opened my mind a bit more to the world of Bigfoot and shadow people. Great. Just those two. Just that's those it. Two Everything things. else hard no. Hey, you got to start shadow slow. People, you got a big maybe? toe in there. You're good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Maybe just crack the door. We'll get you there, Antonio. To give some background on my story, both of my grandparents passed uh, in... In their, oh, home. In, in, in their home. Uh, my grandfather in late... Sorry, punctuation. Threw me off a little bit. Both punctuation and spelling. It's okay. Spelling. Some it of just, you guys need to proofread going, these letters, but know? it's all right. We love you. But I'm sorry about, for your loss. Uh, both of my grandparents passed in their home. Uh, my grandfather in late 2018 and my grandmother in late 2022. Both of them were a very big part in my life and helped shape me to the man I am today. So to get into the story, in early 2023, I had to go there to their house because my grandma's cat was still living there. So I get to the house, open the door, and feed the cat like normal. As the cat is eating, I decided to go into my grandfather's room on the second floor. I go into his room and close the door. The reason why I went into the room is because my grandpa had some new flannel shirts he never got to wear that were in my size, so I started looking for them. After searching for a couple of minutes, I found the shirt, but... Behind the shirts was a big white bag. I grabbed the bag and released, and and there was a zipper on it. I grabbed the zipper and opened the bag. Inside the bag was a black, dark blue suit that looked like it was straight from the 90s. I looked closely into the suit and see that it's my size, so I try that on and see if it fits perfectly. After seeing that it fits, I say out loud, "Uh, Hey, Papa, if you don't mind, uh, can I have your suit? 
Then, no more than 30 seconds later, a quick, hard knock two times on the bedroom door. I jumped because it was just the cat and I in the house. Then I realized that it must be the cat at the door. I open the door and hear the cat is still eating on the first floor. Mm. After that, I put the soup back in the bag and took it home. After getting home, I told my mother about it and she said it must be your grandfather telling you that it's fine to take the suit. I know this isn't the most scary ghost story, but I think it's a good one to tell. Sincerely, Antonio. Antonio, I love this. He also included, I forgot to put it in the doc, a photo of him posing in the suit in in front of the door that that banked. But listen, all these these stories don't have to be scary. You know what I mean? Like, Like, I think this is a really lovely... Lovely story. Adam, what do you think? I think it's beautiful. I think Antonio shared something very special. I think him and his grandfather had a relationship that transcended um, Mm -hmm. space and time. He was able to say, hey, you know what? I'm listening to you. I'm present. I'm here. I'm not there physically, but I love is a powerful thing, man. And and it, you know, it's an energy and and it's still there. And I think he allowed him to say, hey, you know, it's okay to take the suit. Mm. I love love it. I love hearing stories like that, man. I do too. I think it's great. Yep. That is great. Yeah. Like grandpa, like looking down, I'll probably like looking sharp kid. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. Knock, knock. Like, <laughs> yeah, I man. love it. It's great. Well, you know, like they, you know, the thing is, I always think about this, you know, there, there's this fear that we have of death, right? Like, okay, a fear of death, but it's the same thing almost like my dad once told me, it's the same thing as a roller coaster. You know how you're afraid to go on a really scary roller coaster. And then after you're done, you're like, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe it's like that. I think so. I, if 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 death is anything like the uh, the launch at the uh, at the beginning of the Incredicoaster Disney's California Adventures, then I'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be great. Don't you worry. Yeah, can't wait. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing your father's story. Yeah, we look forward to sharing it with our listeners. Thank you, guys. Uh, where can people find you? Or do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, social media, anything. I mean, if people want to follow me on Windwalker and Chip Hall Adventures, they can do that. Great. <laughs> you know, Excellent. the shows are continuing. They're just a little harder harder to produce nowadays. If you know what? Where where can people find find those? Uh, it would be on Instagram. It's called the Adventures of Windwalker. Great, awesome. Yeah, the Adventures of Windwalker, and um, yeah, man, just uh, continuing the journey of showbiz like we all are. There you go, baby. We love it. Thank you, Adam. I love you guys. You guys are so great. It just it's right back at you. It's a special moment to be with you guys. It's so awesome and wonderful. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Thank you for being here. Oh man, love Adam. What a great guy. What What a a great what a great energy. Yeah, everyone needs the Adam energy in their life. Agreed, man. I don't have a lot of that. Kindness in the world. (laughs) Before we head over to our updated segment, Collector's Corner, let's thank some club scouts who've recently joined us on BCC the other side. Yes. This past year. Shelby. Thank you. Ryan. Ryan Gall. Thank you. Uh, TV's Ryan Gall and past guests of the show. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, nice. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Ruptured. Yeah, the last OG. Uh, Rupture night. Thank you. Thank you. Felix. <laughs> We're off. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. We're off track. That's all right. We got it back. Your turn e- next, Bryce. Bryce, you're next. <laughs> Ian Ramage. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate you, man. Justice Robertson. Thank you, Justice. Rucka Jaro. And no relation to Marcy. I already asked, oh, but uh, maybe cool. just Thank cousins. you, Rucka. Kristen Meyer. Thank you. Shannon Grimout. Thanks, Shannon. PPR masks. Thank you, PPR. Date T. Thank you, Date T. Carex Longitz. Thank you, Carex. I think those last two might be aliens. Corey yeah. Tucker. Thank you, Corey. And finally, our favorite name of the week, Trash Panda Cosmeteer. Trash <laughs> Panda. Welcome to the ranks. Sounds like a, a scrapped children's cartoon. Trash Panda <laughs> Cosmeteer. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club to unlock total access to three bonus episodes every month, the BCC Discord, and much more. Upgrade to the Cosmeteer membership like Trash Panda to unlock three music tracks from Super Producer Riley every month. Before we say goodnight, let's swing on over to the collector's corner to find out what we're working on and what we're currently collecting, watching, or into. I'll kick yes. it off. Uh, oh, by the way, follow us. We never mentioned Epic Foot Collectors Club on Instagram. I'm McMills over there. Should you choose to follow me? Um, 
Bookie Season 1, playing on Max right now. Look for me in that. Uh, and then I'm currently playing the fuck out of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm a little late <laughs> to this game. This is awesome. It's basically Dungeons & Dragons, but a video game. So Great. It, you complete with like 20-sided dice roll and everything. Oh, and, no uh, way. I, is, oh, dude. W- there's also like, like that? some How? real heavy sexy nudity in it, but I think oh, you can adjust those uh, levels like if that. you. Okay. I know you would, but if you want to play with your son, you might want to adjust some of the adult stuff. But this game is fucking rad. I am currently awesome. taking down a goblin camp uh, in an old in some old ruins, and it's one of, of those where are. like, it's the it. type of it's the type of game where like. There's not just one way to pass a mission. You can do so many different... You can figure out how to achieve your objective so many different ways. If you have like... Oh, it sounds the, fun. The, What's the, the name aptit- of it again? It's called Baldur's Gate 3. It's download only. It's on PS, PS5, Xbox, PC... Um, I just, uh, I broke, I have a vampire in my group. I broke off from the rest of my group and then I assassinated a goblin leader and then killed two (laughs) wargs. It was so much fun. I love this podcast, but I, I know I love this podcast. I love my fiance. Yes, but I'm, I might be in love with Baldur's Gate three more. So it's a, (laughs) also I'm romancing, uh, uh, a character in it. That's making me feel a little guilty. So um, yeah. Uh, things are getting a little hot and heavy with me in shadow heart right now. I'm just going to say that Um, in in case you're listening and you play and you wonder, uh, I'm a dark elf and uh, I'm also a paladin. That's, that's, that's my character. Um, awesome boys uh bryce yeah let me cut you off let me cut you off in advance just to help you out here uh uh, i so i've been listening my brother brett gave me this great music recommendation have you guys heard of coulter wall he's like this 28 year old Mm -hmm. country singer from saskatchewan canada but the guy sounds like he's fucking 75 uh, with a glass of whiskey and a Marlboro Red. His voice is so gruff and great. Uh, anyway, I've been listening to a lot of him. He's fantastic. Um, and then on the PS5, been hitting up that Last of Us 1 and Ratchet and & Clank. And with the family, uh, we've been watching 90 Day the Other Way, uh, which is fantastic. Oh, dude, love 90 Day what the Other Way. What are these people doing? Oh, my gosh. Wait. Uh, but I love So it. great. Jasmine and Gino. Yeah. I love Jasmine Baby, and Gino. I'm, you know, I will say anything to get in your pants oh. on the first date, but then that's how I am, dude, baby. Uh, Sarper. Sarper. <laughs> yeah, Have you gotten to the favorite. episode where, where Sarper... Uh, and, so Sarper and... Uh, uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Shakina. His Shakina. Shakina. Thank you. Shakina. Has Shakina? Have you gone to the episode where Shakina's sister comes into Romania to visit, and yeah. and Sarper says he's going to cook food just using the heat of his hands, and he starts yeah, oh, yeah, was cook, yeah, baking raw, raw meat. meat in his fists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys and then her sister. He's so sexy. I her love this sister guy. He's so picked awesome. a fight. Picked a fight with this man so she could get out of there before she had to eat raw fucking meat that had been needed in this misogynist He's like, this is the recipe my grandfather made for 100 years. Uh, you, uh, and now I cook it's, for you. It's, wow. Beautiful hot it's babies so from America. Okay. I love it's it. so uh, great. Riley, Riley, what, what do you got? What are you ingesting? Wow. Uh, I mean, not that, but I clearly am making a mistake. Uh, I, lately, I, I I find speaking of being behind on things, I finally am, am watching Dark. You know that the I never watched it. Yeah, the German. No, I don't know yeah, what that uh, is. I didn't either because you can't space out on your phone because you have to read it. You know because it's in German. Uh, but it's uh, it's great and it very apropos to what we were talking about today on the episode with time bending and um, mm. nuclear power. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Ooh, cool. I'm really it's it's awesome. It's great. It's so beautifully shot and well acted and it's nice to watch something that like I have to actually watch, not just like put something on and then like space out uh, like reading like reviews of like a I don't know, microphone or something. Yeah. Like so that's been great. <laughs> I've been loving that. And then um I'm also uh building out uh, some some shelves, some custom uh closet uh you know rods nice it's been really sexy uh, carpenter man i'm really i'm feeling these are you a sexy carpenter man now i do have of course he is tools 
and I got them all out, and, <laughs> and I you built know this how to thing. use them, baby. I do. I do. <laughs> Turns out, so fun can we today. do? Like, can we do a, a Carpenter Riley uh, uh, 2025 calendar next year? Sure. Where it's That'd just you awesome. doing ha- handyman Riley. We'll do handyman Riley. It's just Riley being a handyman. The, I'm a sucker for those woodman <laughs> hacks, like you see on Instagram, where like they're like doing all these little hacks and these cool carpentry jobs and little. I love that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like using ramen noodles to patch your sink. That's yeah, a, that was right. Thing. Yeah. I don't Uh-oh. know. Never mind. <laughs> well, put know. that yeah, in the calendar. It, you know, that'll, that'll, be, build, that'll be October. <laughs> building shelves and watching hard German sci-fi. Awesome. All go. right. Well, we are going to cross over to the other side for our very first ever L-Files deep dive. That's mm. right. Might be our last one. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but we received a very intriguing voice memo from a club scout who was sitting down to record a story about a haunting in his family's house and then spotted a UFO. And they captured the UFO on video, and the story only gets more interesting from there. Uh, We could not fit it into this regular episode, so I said, you know what, let's unpack it over on the other side. So that'll be up on Friday. If we don't see you over there, we'll see you back here next Wednesday for an all-new episode of BCC. Mm. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. Beautiful. Awesome. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Club. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.